Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Out of Hand, our podcast about League of Legends Wild Rift. My name's TJ and I'm joined, as always, by WCS caster and former League of Legends PC coach, Omo. Hey, welcome. Hi. You doing all right there, Leonard? <laughs> yeah, I just got distracted for a second. All good. What's up? How did you get distracted right when we were beginning this show? My brain zones out. The second I start talking? Yes, I don't want to say it, but... <laughs> <laughs> the second anyone starts talking... Did, did, have you ever seen me when Grendon starts going on a bit? Yes. Like, my eyes just glaze. My favorite thing in the universe is those segments on the WCS cast where they have the caster cams up while the game is starting. And Grandin's going, hello and welcome to the game. This is team left, this is team right. And I can see just you gazing off into the distance, not hearing a <laughs> single word he's saying. And then he finishes talking and I watch like somebody has pulled your string. You like snap back to the moment and you're like, uh, yeah, so this team wants to do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grandin, really. I was totally listening. <laughs> That's the best part. You don't need to listen to him. You know what he's going to say. Oh no. You know you realize he yeah. might listen to this, right? Nah, he won't. Mm. I mean I don't care if he does, you know. It if doesn't I matter. tell him we're doing our esports super episode and we're previewing icons, he might listen to this so that he knows our th That's true, because everyone wants to steal our opinions. Well yeah, and because he's casting with both of us, which we can say because this podcast is airing after the talent announcement. Okay, baby. We can talk about icons. Both of us are going to icons, and that means that we're going to have, like, maybe an opportunity to record at the event. I'm, I'm bringing Would some microphones, cool. so we'll see if we can make that happen. That will be a new achievement for this podcast. Yeah. Big step forward. IRL episodes. We'll see if... <laughs> you know what I have done in the past, and we'll see if we can do it here. But when I was working with ESL in Poland, I was like, hey, do you guys have a... a, a broadcaster room that i can like work out of um just to do unrelated events and they were like yeah we've got yeah. just like empty pcs so depending on where we're shooting if we're doing stuff in the uh esl office there they might be able to just let us use their microphones and stuff which would be cool amazing we'll just we'll just record from set maybe we'll see absolutely awful idea would be an idea wouldn't it we, we we can bring random players. Never um, so no promises on that because, of course, the reality on the ground is often very different. Um, yes. But there are enough breaks in the shooting schedule that I'm hopeful we can find some time to record some episodes during the event. Yeah, it might be a little hungover, but we'll see. I won't be hungover. Leonard might be absolutely a disaster. Maybe I'll grab Stuart. Or, 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 um, Riku. Is this how you make me jealous? Yeah. Well, if you're too hungover <laughs> to function, it's Riku's on the podcast. No, I'm never too hungover to function. I'm always hungover, but I'm used to it. I'm functional. Okay, let's not, let's not get into this. <laughs> Do you have something you'd yeah, like to uh, share with we'll the class? Right there. No, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Move us on to our first topic. Uh, what yes. just happened an hour before we started recording, Leonard? Was it really an hour before? Uh, for me? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, patch notes dropped again. Uh, not just the patch notes, but the patch itself. I think maybe the patch yeah, notes patch came dropped. out earlier, but I saw the patch notes go up literally as the patch dropped, uh, which normally they're like a day or two ahead of them. Um, so that was new. Uh, this is... We, we've been baited twice. I don't know if you noticed this. Because uh, we were like, oh, this is 100% yes. of the patch... Uh, the icons is going to be played on, you know, 3.2, and they're clearly making all these changes, and then they released 3.2a, and I was, and we said, okay, well, I guess this is the icons patch, um, this is patch 3.2b, and our good friend Ban, uh, Chisin on Twitter did tweet out that this is the icons patch for real, and he would know yes. he is the head of Wild Rift Esports in SEA. Yeah, and I, I, I was very nice to him. I commented cool with a thumbs up because it's boomer language. And he replied, fired. It's good. If you hit him with the crying with laughter emoji, I hear people who are 90 years old really like that one. 
yeah, 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 that's so true. I send that to my dad all the time. I communicate in boomer languages. We can talk about the patch notes. Uh, we wanted to briefly touch on a few things. Do you want to start with champion changes uh, or system changes? Uh, chaps. It's easy to go over. Uh, we'll start at the top then. Draven got some pretty significant buffs. Most notable among them, his attack speed got tuned up by a full 10%. Yeah. Actually, no, I think it's less about the attack speed. So looking through this, I think the, the two things that you would say about Draven is that one, he's very Feast of Famine, right? You have to snowball. You can't like die. You have to cash in on stacks. It's very rewarding for that. It lets you snowball even harder than you would prior, which I feel was a bit of an issue with Draven. Like he didn't get to snowball enough. And I also like the Blood Rush cooldown. I'm going to say something stupid real quick. I have never played Draven in Wild Rift, so I don't know if Blood Rush gets resetted on X pickup like it does on PC. I have played Draven in League of Legends Wild Rift, and I think it does. So this is not a big buff. This is really just helped Draven run away, I guess, which is nice because you don't want to die and lose stacks, but like it's not a big deal. I think the biggest one is the cash in buff. Um, yeah, and, and to touch on that, his passive it used to reward you with fifty gold. Um, yes, plus four times the amount of stacks. Now it rewards. Let me turn on a heat up. Be right back. I'm sorry, Thomas, my hands were freezing. I am back. Going mid-sentence. <laughs> You're like, I'm bored of this. I'm going to go stop my hands from being cold. Yeah, that's a very valid concern. It now gives 80 gold um, as opposed to the previous 50. No other changes. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice. It's not massive, but it's nice. nice. They hit Aurelia again. They knocked her down a peg. Good. Good. Um, Hate that champ. It's not huge. It's the damage on her flawless duet, which isn't big. Which never lands anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in pro play, it's hard to land because people have really good movement. In casual play, yeah. uh, you can just tap the flawless duet button twice and you're like guaranteed to get a stun. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. I, I do like the Vanguard's Edge wall slow nerf, though. That one, I think, That's is, is going to hit. So, yeah, that one back through the ultimate Vanguard's Edge, the kind of arrowhead blade pattern she throws down, you, of course, get slowed. Previously, you were slowed for one and a half seconds. Now you will only be slowed for one second. So that's pretty massive. That'll make it harder for her to chase people down at the end of fight. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, also, you think about a lot of, you think about how I really approach team fights. She wants to come in from the flank. She wants to get a nice Vanguard's Edge on your backline, maybe your whole team. It's pretty easy to nail one. Having enough, uh, uh, slow duration really helps people, like, just get away, get out. I think that's going to be important. And of course, uh, Lulu also got taps as well. Good. I'm not a, I don't know. I, I, I guess this is a good from me, too, because I wasn't ever a huge believer in Lulu in, in competitive play. Um, yeah, resident sleeper. So, I hopefully this means that pros stop trying to run her, stop trying to make her work. Uh, um, I, Unfortunately, I don't think that will happen. I think situations or spots where Lulu is good, she will still be good, but it's just nice that she's going to be a little bit less impactful. Yeah. The wild growth gives a whole 50 less bonus health, and the uh, movement speed buff from her whimsy. That's good. Really like that. Yeah, really like that. So, just a little less effective. Uh, skimming through here, some slight Morgana buffs, which I just kind of weird. Like, I don't think Morgana's out of meta. She's, like, pretty good. She's, like, constantly played in, like, half the games. Like, 30% of the games, at least. Um, they write here, quote, Previously, we made changes to Morgana to try and help her out in the dragon lane, but we didn't go yeah. far enough. <laughs> um, and I, I just don't agree. I, I don't know if I agree with that. Riot Games? Who wrote this, who wrote this post? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know I, if I, I agree with that. that. Um, I think she's too strong. Riot's Alice Labareke and Nick Phrygia. No, but they're just the ones that wrote the patch. They're not the Sean ones that made Mason. the patch. 
No, Sean Mason and Nick Frigia are the game designers. All right, TJ, let me stop you right there before you drop the IP address and home address well, and cell I, number. Um, and... Look, I would never dox another human being. However, <laughs> I would, I would tweet it. However, if they keep buffing Morgana, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just saying, I'm gonna do some at draggles. You know. <laughs> I mean, my theory on this is uh, they want to see hyper carries at icons. They love to see hyper carries I, around mm. big tournaments, like the big pop off performances. And Morgana kind of enables that, especially since they specifically went out of their way to buff Black Shield. So, I have a different theory. Okay, I think Morgana's seeing plenty of pro play, uh, but nobody in solo queue is playing Morgana uh, AP carry. Yeah, that's fair too. And that's because Morgana isn't very fun to play. And so what they're doing yeah, is they're isn't. making her numbers big enough that people want to play Morgana. And I... Hate that. Hate that. But hate that. It will, it will be achieved. Uh, you know who this Absolutely is good news for? That. Yeah, who? This is good news for North America because Sentinels Rest, who we had on the podcast... Uh, plays a ton of AP carries, uh, including Morgana, because he's a role swap support player. So mm -hmm. that's cool. They're that buffing out. Sentinels. Doesn't really make a big diff, but cool. Okay. Um, Tristana gets a pretty significant buff. They buff her base attack damage, which matters, of course, because she builds crit usually. Crit scales off of base yeah. attack damage, so uh, she'll be doing a, a pretty sizable amount more damage. I think yes, Tristana... if she gets out of lane. Sorry? That's always my caveat, right? If she gets out of lane, she will be very yeah. strong. It's just, can she get out of lane? That's the question. I've, I've been playing Tristana because my theory was that the new Keystone, particularly Lethal Tempo, would be helping her. Um, yeah. And the thing I've learned with Tristana is she is actually quite powerful, but her laning phase is just a nightmare. It is exactly. almost impossible to get through lane. She does so little damage at such short range to start the game that it just she just doesn't work. But you get late game and she does blow people up, so. Okay, so I was doing a little bit of math about Morgana while we were chatting about that. And uh The fact that a black shield starts at starts at 80 shield uh shield health, I guess. So yeah, magic damage shield. So the way you would play Alistar into Morgana in League of Legends PC is you would have to max headbutt, right? But looking at his numbers in Wild Rift, you have to max headbutt. Wait, hold on. Let me just do the math. Okay. Oh, actually, no, I'm wrong. Completely wrong. Yeah, okay, it's fine. So Dragon Lane Morgana is still not going to be that oppressive because 80 shield health can get ne negated by a rank 2 headbutt or by a rank to Zenith Blade from someone like Leona or by a rank to Trash Flay. So it can get cancelled out by one spell, so that incentivizes you to max it, but then you would have to max it second after Tormenta Pool because you need the pull to wave clear. So that means that by the time you get a second rank in Black Shield, what level would you be? You'd be level seven, eight, something like that. So that would be like at least like one or two dragon fights by then. So yeah, okay, it's not too bad. I think the nerf is okay. I think the buff is fine. As long as they don't buff Black Shield plus a tr certain threshold, it's okay. Yeah, you can cut that whole bit out. No, I'm leaving it in. You being like uh, Brad Pitt in what movie is it where he's like writing on the glass? He's like doing equations. I'm like moneyballing the shit. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you've got a giant whiteboard somewhere. Yeah, so as long as you can brick it by the, with the not key spell of uh, engage support at rank two, that's fine. So you just have to take rank 2 headbutt, rank 2 zenith blade, or rank 2 flay. Which you already would, rank 2 flay. So, yeah, that's fine. At level, level does 4, does you flay can one-shot the shield. Damage? I think flay does physical. Magic damage. Huh? Eh? I don't, I, magic I, damage, yeah, magic damage. Yeah, you're right, because I, I was thinking the wrong way. I built crit. I built crit, and flay was doing a lot of damage. Uh, and I was thinking... My man, don't crit on trash. Absolutely I tried to admit, had a great time. <laughs> that sounds very fun, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's fine. As long as you can take a rank 2 spell, you'll be level 4 and you can one-shot the Black Shield. It's not too bad. Against Dragon Lane Morgana, that's a caveat, right? Like, support Morgana would still max Black Shield, but no one plays support Morgana, so... Talk to me about Wukong, because you were actually quite excited about that. Eh, not really. I mean, I thought, like, 
the the thing that was interesting to me was that they said in the notes compared to other fighters in the dra- in the Baron Lane. So they specifically won Wukong for Baron Lane, not for Jungle, which is a bit interesting to me because I think he's a weak ba- uh, laner. I think he serves his role better as a jungler. So that that was just uh, a bit odd to me, a bit interesting to me. Um, they did give him some pretty big number swings, though. His base yes. attack damage gets increased a lot. His uh, Golden Staff and Cyclone both got pretty big numbers buffs. Just do a lot more damage. Yeah. Um, buffing both his AD as well as his Golden Staff AD ratio, that's going to be nice for Wukong. Plus the fact that he can build Sundra now, that's going to be nice for Lane Wukong as well. He's going to be pretty happy with these buffs, but uh, I'm not exactly sure. This one, we will really need to see teams test him and see like if the numbers are really worth playing. Did you did you see the nerf to Cyclone, though? Is they, they made yes, the, the range, range right? of the ultimate and the movement speed he gets lower. So yeah. it's less That's easy to just monkey brain it. You have to, like, be clever about it. Wait. Okay, yeah. Golden Staff. Golden Staff heals you when you Golden Staff someone, plus the fact that if you're Divine Sundra, you also heal when you smack someone. So, yeah, Wukong's going to be pretty annoying. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe Lane Wukong, Wukong could work with, like, a Q-Max build. You know what I did to this set today? I built Lane AD Shivana. And just never got to auto-attack. Uh, that's not true. I built a lot of HP. Yeah, I mean, I could see it working in Wild Rift, right? Because it's very easy to get on top of someone. Yeah. It? And also because mid laners, I was playing at mid, mid laners, just leave lane a lot. So that's fair. I, I yeah. cleared wave and then I left and the person I was playing into wasn't smart enough to punish me for that. I mean, when I started playing pro on League of Legends PC was when the meta was... Shivana, Renekton, Mundo. Shivana, Renekton, Mundo, top lane. So, so I, I played, played a lot of lane Shivana as well. Been there. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, they buffed Zaya, but by five damage per feather on Blade Caller. Um, yeah, it's so that's <laughs> barely worth mentioning. But I, I do think it's funny to mention um, because that is trivial. That is nothing. Yeah. Like what we were saying before the show started, and I'm going to rephrase, re- reiterate it because I think it could be true here, is that I, I understand that they're a bit more cautious about buffing Zaya because she can be a very dominant meta marksman and she can shape the meta. So you want to be a bit careful about buffing her? I get it. Like well, one too many buffs and suddenly she's the best AD in the game. They sure are being careful. Other fun facts, <laughs> yes. if, you've been, if you've been tuning out for all of this, if, if none of this matters to you, let me tell you what does matter to you. Boots used to be 500 gold, they're now 400 oh my gold. God. Those brown oh my boots are 100 gold cheaper now. Now, here's what... Oh my god, that's crazy. Uh, ...is extra crazy. The upgrades to the next tier of boots, so Swiftness, uh, the Vamp boots, the Ionian boots, etc., they're now 100 gold more, so the total cost of building boots is still 1,000 gold. Yeah. Um, but you can buy your brown boots early, earlier, I guess. Which doesn't really matter a lot, no, right? I so. wouldn't do that. Especially because the we characters were... that really need movement speed are like tanks, and they just all first yeah. item Dead Man's Plate, because boots are so awkward yeah. to build in this game. And you need protobelt as well. So that's yeah. what we were talking about pre-show as well, right? Like, if you're going to be rushing enchantments, you need to complete the boots anyway. So this change doesn't really matter. Uh, but boots are but I like it. Life. I like that they're shifting it around. Yeah. It's um, fine. There were some All rune good. changes. Electrocute got slightly bigger. It now does... Yeah. I don't know. Five more damage, basically, at every step. And... Yeah. I don't think that makes it a good rune i think it's still yeah 20 second is a really long cooldown so if you proc if you proc electrocute off cooldown in a laning phase of five minutes you could maybe proc it oh, math is so hard you could maybe proc it like 10 12 times in a lane that's five minutes long that's like 50 more damage okay man like cool and and also it's it's not doing that much damage if you proc it on cooldown on the enemy champion every single time. It doesn't add up to like yeah, significant true, harass. It's it's just yeah. a bad rune. Um and I think that needs to be changed. Because the other thing is I mean Sorry? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, the other thing is, so much of Wild Rift's late game is centered around big team fights in a way that League of Legends yeah. PC has kind of a gradient. League of Legends PC, you get skirmishes that matter in the mid-late game. Yeah. League of Legends PC, it's all about the big team fights. And if you are proccing Electrocute once during the team fight, it's not mattering. It's a bad room. Um, yeah. So you're always going to be weaker in That's the late game team fight. Yeah, uh, it's a bit it's a bit sad for me because I I feel like a lot of champions just kind of have no room to take like Airy is meh, and then Electrocute is meh. So champs like Ari, champs like Ari, Oriana. Yeah, I hate it. You know, like I I'm so sad that Ari has to run Conqueror. It's just depressing to me. Like, oh, well, there's face Rush, I guess. But, there, is, there is, but you, Conqueror gives you such a significant damage increase. It's, like, yeah, tragic yeah, it's if you're running face Rush. It's sad, really. Um, Font of Life uh, got nerfed That's slightly. Nice. The cooldown yeah. on the Font of Life mark being put out got increased. Um, it is the best green rune, so it makes sense that that happened. Uh, and maybe it has some competition for that title, as there were significant buffs to Bone Plating, which got five more damage reduction at all stages, as well as a increased or a shortened cooldown by five seconds. Yeah, and what we said about this was that Bone Plating, the competition it had in the runes... Freeze this better for me, freeze this well for me, TJ. Okay, sure, you say it, and then I'll say it. The alternative the runes you could have taken were not that great anyway. Let's say that. All right. You ready for the TJ phrasing? Yeah, do it. This means that bone plating is best in class because so many of its competitors have been nerfed over yeah. time. Yeah, that's perfect. I see, would you say see how that it I, took me 10 more words. Yeah, bone plating good because alternatives not so good. <laughs> Incredible. I think we've covered I, all I kind of like so people, people right? that want to feel like superior heard what I yeah. said um, yeah. and then you hit like the pro gamer demographic with that last one um, <laughs> and earlier I think you hit the general player base so I'm an everyman yeah but I'm if you want okay, if you well, want to feel superior to other people I'm here for you anytime I will hit you up on that one I want to do I want to touch on conditioning real quick though because I feel like this one has flown under the radar a little bit if you think about the fact that you get your first dragon fight at like let's say five six minutes you get your second dragon fight at like 10 11 minutes right so your first dragon fight you will be getting five plus two that means seven armor seven magic resist at the first dragon fight and that means second dragon fight you would be getting something along the lines of 11 armor 11 magic resist which is pretty crazy. If you're like on on a health stack champ, like if you're playing Darius with a Black Cleaver, Portabelle, Divine Sundra, and you take conditioning because you have an easy lane, or on something like Garen where you just stack health and then you take conditioning and you have like a free lane, yeah, you're tanky as shit come dragon fights. Um, I do think there are there is one other thing worth mentioning in these patch notes. Uh, we tend to be very esports focused on this podcast, but yes, uh, of course, Nautilus and Pike will be coming out when the your What's boy. it called? Tides of the Deep event? I don't know. Comes I don't out. Know. That will be on June 21st. So we're not really hitting on it because they won't be playable during icons. That will be after the play-in stage that they get released. So they presumably won't be enabled mid-tournament. Um, so none of the pros will be able to play them. But I'll be playing them. I do like playing Nautilus. I do like playing Pike. So it'll be fun to finally yeah. get my hands on those as a support player. My promise is that once those champions get dropped, I'll hit, like, Grandmaster in, like, two weeks. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's free as hell. Before we get to esports, I've got a bridge for you. Let's start with, um... Let's start with the <coughs> patch notes that affect esports. Does that sound good? Which would dopes be? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a, I think, first for Riot Games... Uh, there's a new, there's a new skin called Majestic Empress Morgana. Ah, yeah. And here, no, me... they did this on League PC before. Did they with, do this uh, on League PC? Ah, uh, it, it was a Nautilus skin. Ah, uh, I forgot what it's called. But they dropped the Nautilus skin for MSI, and then if you buy it, the players get cut. Um, yeah. So the way that Majestic Empress Morgana works is yeah. you, uh, 
when you buy Majestic Empress Morgana in the game League of Legends Wild Rift, uh, the results, the revenue, or a percentage of it is what is written in this article, is yeah. distributed evenly between the top eight teams. So, if you would like to give some cash money to your favorite esports players, you better hope they finish top eight and also buy Majestic Empress Morgana. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you want to support, um, like, NA teams or EU teams, maybe find a better way. Like, buy their jersey or something. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, some other icons patch notes. There will be some Twitch drops during the event, so when you tune Ooh. in to watch Wild Rift icons, which, of course, you're going to be doing because you have to catch yeah. every moment of TJ and Omo content, yeah, remember to go to Twitch chat and type a uh, exclamation mark drop. You actually do need to do the that more to get you do the drops. it. Yeah. No, the more you do it, the higher chance you get the drops. Uh, so. The other thing you can do is you can PayPal me five dollars, and if That's you do way. that, then you're guaranteed to get a Twitch drop. If you PayPal me four ninety nine, <laughs> I will guarantee you a Twitch drop as well. <laughs> but his will be four ninety nine just... Singapore dollars, which is. Much cheaper than four ninety nine US dollars. So, but his will be uh, just emote chests. I'll get you those skins. <laughs> okay, you win. <laughs> um, it's it's actually uh, the rewards for the drops are dependent on stage. So this is kind of worth talking through because I think it's kind of cool. Um, rather than giving I you just like random that. currency or random drops, uh, they have a yeah. different reward for every moment that you tune in. So if you tune in for the play cool. on stage. You get the icons logo as an in-game icon. If you tune in for the group stage, you get a frame for your avatar, which looks really sick. It's like got the swirly icons trails on it. Um, if you tune it is in also for very the cool. Knock in knockout stage, you get an emote of Majestic Empress Morgana like biting her fingers in tension. Um, and nice. it's a very good emote. And then if you tune in during the grand finals, you get a sick recall event where a hologram of the icons logo appears whenever you recall. Um, so it'll look really cool. Nice. Um, and we're gonna have to. I, mean, I have no interest. I, I'm gonna in, need to link my Twitch account and then, like, specifically tune in during the event so that I get these somehow. Cool. Because normally, when you're at the event, you're just like watching on the monitor or whatever. Yes. And I'm gonna need to remember to watch via Twitch. Yeah. Be sure to just like bring your laptop and leave it in the room when you're casting. I will not do anything to you or to your laptop, so don't worry about it. It will be completely safe. If I post any tweets from my laptop, they, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a little bit of fun. And that brings us, see how well it worked as a segue? And that brings Amazing. us to Wild Rift Icons. We're both going to be there in Singapore starting on June 14th. Will be the first day of the play on the stage. Um, and we are going to be covering the games alongside an incredibly talented group of casters. Can I just rephrase that for you? Go ahead, Um. <laughs> incredibly talented group of casters. And Grendon Gimenism will be there as well. I think you actually hate him. You wouldn't be entirely wrong. <laughs> oh my god. You can find, of course, all the live streams over there. It's going to be on YouTube and Twitch in the Wild Rift esports accounts. Uh, and we thought we'd set up for it. Um, and I wanted to do two things, Grandon. Oh my god. Did you just call me Grandon? I just called you Grandon. Alright, podcast is done. Good night, boys. <laughs> I wanted to do two things. Um, we normally do, of course, the power rankings at this point in the show, where we talk through what the uh, best of something is and we come to a combined list and we kind of hold the podcast accountable to those lists i thought it'd be kind of fun this time around for us to do that but for wild drift icons since we're both working on it um and we can go ahead nice. here and do our predictions for the first stage and then maybe during the event we'll do our predictions for the next stage and so forth um and so of course the nice. first stage is the most complicated that will be the play-ins. I'm going to screen share a uh, uh, visualization to you from my notebook. Nice. Um, and we need to sort these groups in order of who's going to get out. 
Um, so, of course, the way the players' groups work is it's going to be a GSL format, which means the teams are kind of playing in a best-of-three mini-bracket. And the top two teams out of the group, the, the teams that win two matches in the group, uh, are going to advance. The bottom two teams are eliminated. Would you like to introduce us to Group A, Omar? Uh, sure. Group A has Flash Wolves, who are pretty good. Nova, who are pretty cracked. Furious, Game Lot, no idea who they are. They'll be gone too. It doesn't matter. Uh, your regions, of course. Flash Wolves are the second seed out of the WCS. Uh, they come from the Masters region. Out of WCS, that's right. Nova Esports come from uh, the WRL, that is China. And they have the third seed out of the WRL. They finished third place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Furious Gaming are from the WOL, Latin America. They finished second. Uh, and Game Lord, of course, are from EU, where they finished third. Rip. This is a pretty, pretty clear-cut group to me. Yeah, so let, why don't we agree on the obvious thing, which is that um, Game Lord and Furious Gaming are not getting out of this group. Yeah, goodbye. I'm sorry, guys. Um, Game Lord, I think, if the, if there is an upset, it's more likely to come from Game Lord, uh, just to, like, briefly give them some hope. I think Game Lord <laughs> uh, are the best European team online. Um, and the results bear that out. They, had a, they have a history of doing pretty well during the regular season, and then bombing. Uh, they and Ricks kind of both do this. Uh, when yeah. they get to land, and that's why I don't think they're getting out, because if they bombed on stage, if they fell apart on stage at the WREC LAN, what are the odds that the team keeps it together at Icons? I mean, it doesn't matter to me. They fall apart or they, they play their best game. I think even if they play their 100%, they're going to lose to like a 70-80% Nova and Flash Wolves, so... Uh, no, I agree. Nova Esports and Flash Wolves, the gulf there is pretty big. Flash Wolves yeah. are one of the most exciting teams out of SEA. Nova nope. Esports. Exciting are... is not the word I would use. <laughs> what would you? How would you phrase them? Think about like old Korean teams in League of Legends PC, where they just AFK for like thirty minutes, win one team fight, win the game. They just chill, do nothing special. See, that's Flash Wolves, but they do it well. This is where we have a division, because uh, that's really exciting to me. Resident Sleeper Man. Flash Wolves play some perfect League of Legends Wild Rift, and I really like watching it. They finish second, of course, to. Team Flash, who have a natural playstyle counter of playing hard and fast. Um, and yep. that's why I think they're going to finish second in this group below Nova Esports, because Nova Fair. Esports are deadly quick on the map and I think will overwhelm Flash Wolves during the early game. Yeah, I agree. I think that's fair. So how would you feel about Nova Esports, Flash Wolves, Game Lord, Furious Gaming? One to four here. Uh, or do, do you I think Furious beat Game Lord? Because that's actually a fun match. Uh, I I have not thought about that at all. I just know they're both not getting out. Well, it, well, it's a fun match because it will happen. Both those teams okay. will lose their first match and they will play each other. Um. Okay, I will shout out Game Lord for third then because a uh, fellow Singaporean coach. Yeah, Glacioux is going to be working with them for the for icons and uh, for no reason in particular, just buyers. I'm going to tip Game Lord. That's that. I think Furious Gaming um, take a ton of mechanical fights. They're like a really sure. aggressive team, and I think Game Lord are maybe the team best positioned to handle that. They have uh, Ruiz on that squad, a couple of the Arena of Valor veterans. Um, so I think they're pretty good. Let's move on to Group B, then, if we have a collaborative answer for Group A. Group B, would you like to introduce us? Yeah, we've got JDG, second seed from the WRL, Unsold Stuff, second seed from Japan, RRQ, third seed from the WCS coming out of Philippines, and we've got STMN eSports. So in my mind, that's just stamina eSports coming out of a LATAM third seed. I think this group is actually pretty stacked. I think this group is actually a hard group. And I think that STMN, fourth seed, 100%. Okay. Stamina, fourth seed. I think unsold stuff are pretty garbage. I think that third, yeah. Um, so I think it's actually, like, 
What do, I mean, fill me in. Where do you think the where do you think the chaos comes from? Why do you think this group is close? Okay. Not close, but I think this group is hard because I think JDG is the best team that's not in uh, not in pool one. That's and I think not waiting that in the group stage because, of course, the best the best teams from each region are already in the group stage. That's right. They're yes. not here on the plans. JDG are the exactly. second seed out of China, so they're here uh, as as like the best team in this plan stage. Yeah, and in my pre-tournament power ranking, I'll probably put JDG like uh, third behind like FPX, Team Flash, and then JDG. Something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yep, I agree. JDG should be the best team out of this group. RRQ, who are the third seed out of the WCS, and they are the Filipino representatives, uh, which right. is very important because there is no region with more, like, fans watching the English feed than the Philippines. Yeah, and they love me. They're my big fans. So I'm always going to share for that. We got a comment that was like, I loved the episode where Leonard was trying to piss off the Philippines fans because he was 100% <laughs> right and it would piss us off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but to be perfectly honest, to be perfectly fair, I think RRQ are much better than their seeding indicates. Like, the, the seeding says number three out of WCS, but I think they're actually a really solid team. I think that's easily a tier two team in this tournament, like a B tier team. Or like an A tier team, if you're counting the best teams as S tier. Um, yeah, I think, I think RRQ are up there. I think genuinely, they should make an interesting group stage. Like, it depends what group they're in, but they make a group slightly scarier. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, for and sure. There's a chance they get out of group stage if they're playing well. They've got insane clutch potential. They've got insane star players, and they've got insane uh, potential to upset good teams as well. So is, even going is, up against WRL teams, kind of. It's it's like, and we'll need like one more year of the Filipino teams doing this. But it's kind of like the Philippines trademark at this point of they're producing yes. these teams that just explosive. Are, are explosive, are inconsistent, and always seem yes. to have like an extra 10% in the tank. And it, they, they, yeah. they always produce these teams that come back into games. Okay, TJ, I see why the Philippines loves you now. <laughs> yeah, you know, there you go. <laughs> They're fun to watch. All the Filipino teams have been fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, do you have anything else to say about Group B? Because I feel like it's pretty clear-cut. Group C is the exciting one. Uh, just a brief shout out to Unsold Stuff Gaming and Stamina Esports, both of whom are very good teams in their region. Um, sure. Unsold Stuff Gaming lost pretty handily to Sengoku, though, and I think Sengoku are worse than they were like last year. Um, yeah, they're like a B tier team. Yeah, they're like a B tier team. Yeah, I will say they the finals went all seven games. Um, so, like depending on how well you measure Sengoku, that could matter. But yeah. uh, I don't measure Sengoku very highly, and they didn't ever look... In the games they won, they didn't look like they were winning it through, like, outplays or anything. They were winning from drafting late-game scaling and then getting to late-game. Yeah. Um, so, not a huge fan of Unsold Stuff Gaming. Uh, don't think they'll do very well. Uh, Stamina Esports, very fun to watch, very explosive, WOL team fighting, uh, which actually means I I don't know if I, because this will be decided by a head-to-head, -head, and frankly, maybe that means that Stamina beat Unsold Stuff Gaming, because they're not going to let them get to late game. What do you what do you make of that? Uh, once again, this is one of those matchups which just I do not think about. I have not thought about. Hmm. Possibly, gonna... possibly. I'm going to go with Unsold I do still Stuff think because I don't know that Stamina end quickly enough. There you go. I think the fundamentals are, are the key for these teams, right? And I think Unsold Stuff is marginally better. Yeah. Uh, so our Group B final score is JDG getting out in first, RRQ getting out in second, Unsold Stuff and Stamina headed home. Let's move on to Group C, yeah, Leonard. Much. This is the exciting one, right? This is the one with upset potential. So we're going to start with... This is the Parkers group. So we're going to start with Keith Stars. That's going to be the number two seed from Wild Tour. That's Brazil. Rick's GG. Number two from WREC Europe. T1. Uh, third seed coming up from WCK Korea. And we've got OMG. Fourth seed. Actually, you know what? They're actually the fifth seed coming out of the WRL. Because they did 
This yeah, notes, I, my notes tripped you up because I haven't updated this page yes. yet. This is J Team, isn't it? Yeah, this is actually J Team now because OMG mm -hmm. could not make it, right? So it's going to be J Team who are the fifth seed. For what it's worth, J Team did beat uh, OMG in the regional playoffs, but in the last chance qualifiers, they lost out. Yeah. It was, a, and, and it was, I think, a really good performance by OMG. So J Team have some sure. work to do because they got beat by OMG. It wasn't a case of like, oh, you know, could have gone either way. They got beat. Um, so yeah. I think the the group is a little bit more dicey as a result of that. Let's kind of yeah. talk through it. Sure. Well, I'm going to say that this is as close a chance as a Western team will have to get out of play-ins. Because I look at all the other groups and I think there's absolutely no chance, zero chance, a Western team gets out. Uh, maybe Group D has like a 20% chance, right? But I think this one is actually like 30-40% chance, which is as good as it really gets. With that said, though, I still tip uh, J-Team, T1, Rix, Key, in that order. Mmm. I'm going to upset some EU fans. You're going to put Key over Rix? That's yeah. Because Rix, Rix are a fan favorite. They've got Snitch on their team. They're like this incredibly fun team to watch online. But they have literally never once ever performed well on land. Never. Yeah. Yep. And uh, furthermore, their team fights suck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Their team fights. No, I don't think you said anything suck. wrong. So when I'm looking at Kiad Stars, uh, whose strengths are their team fights, when I'm looking at uh, how do you possibly beat a Chinese team, I think it has to come out from Kiad Stars doing one yes. thing really, really well. And Kiad Stars is yep. macro. Not going to be as good as a, a Chinese team. Neither is Rex's. What Kiad Stars might be able to do is win a team fight versus J Team at 15 minutes and take a game or two. Yeah, I, I do think um, that's a fair point. But I was watching the J Team OMG series in the last chance qualifiers, and I think that at the end of the day, the Chinese teams just have two good fundamentals. They might drop a game here or there, uh, a fourth, fifth seed team, even a third seed team. They might drop games here and there to better, to good teams. But I think at the end of the day, if you play like the double round robin, blah, 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 they're still going to come out on top. And I think they're still going to come out on top as the first seed. Just better fundamentals. So I think we agree on the first two. That is T1, J team. I put J team, T1. You put J team over T1. I think the only good WCK team is uh, Rooster Y. You think the rest are meh. Okay. We'll talk about that when we get to the Africa Freaks group. Sure. Um, I really like the way T1 play. I think that like they have sure. this really fun snowball-y style where they, they rush through the uh, center of their map. They play a lot through JY and Core and Jjong yeah. on the top side. And I think that, like JY is one of the best players in Korea. And i think they can hit a team like j team hard enough during the early game to put them on the back foot in kind of the same way that omg won that series versus j team it's possible i mean i could see that coming out of t1 but my argument's still going to be the same i don't think t1 are just solid enough overall whereas you look at a team like j team i i i feel like a big part of the reason why they lost that series to omg was just bad drafting honestly and if they figure that out coming to icons i think that's still very solid and if you if you frame it that way, I will say the Korean teams suck at drafting. So, yeah. all right, I'll buy in. Okay, I will buy in if you let me put Kiad Stars ahead of Rex. I can I can agree with that. I think uh, uh, the Brazilian teams have a lot of explosiveness and a lot of uh, uh, upset potential, a lot of clutch potential. So I I think that's completely fair. Oh, yeah. So our final Group C list then getting out in first place. It's the fifth seed from China, J Team. Yeah. Getting out in second place, it is T One. Uh, narrowly missing out, it is Kiad Stars in third place in the group, and Rix GG dead last heading home. Thomas, I want to call back to something we said a couple months back as well, where we kind of had an idea that NA might be better than EU this year, and I genuinely do think that that's probably still the case. Marginally better, but still probably better. You, you've been actually doing the work now, of course, because you've been prepping for this tournament, so you've watched WNS VODs. Do you agree with Let's that? just say yes. Let's just say yes. I mean, I, I do still think both regions are terrible, but I think EU, holy shit. I was watching the EU playoffs, and holy shit, they're just so bad. Why don't we do this, though? Because I get in trouble for saying this. So can you explain to the aggrieved European fan who's listening right now? Yeah, 
EU doesn't know how to play the game, full stop. Like, they are, they are just completely lost. Like, the idea of how the game works and how the game should be played is just wrong. And it's just bad, full stop. Yeah, and, and I want to get more... NA is marginally better. They have a better idea, a better understanding. It's still not good or great, but it's it's acceptable. NA is just copying Asia's notes, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and that means they're a step behind the original ideas that we do have are kind of fun, but... Uh, a lot of us, a lot of the NA weaknesses are that they're just a step behind whatever is being pl- played yes. in Southeast Asia or Korea. Um, I, I do want to talk about uh, Europe a little bit more specifically, though, just because, like, sure. I've been saying they suck. We've now put them at the bottom of the list, not getting out of either group. Let's let's explain why a little more specifically. When you say that their idea of the game is wrong, I th- want to highlight a couple of things. One... Uh, the way that they play the map during the early game does not involve coordinated dives, uh, which yes. is a fundamental building block of every other region's play. You do not see EU teams frequently enough pressure lengths, which leads to skewed drafts where teams can get away with drafting weaker characters, uh, like Seraphine was the big one we've talked about before, that struggle yeah. in lane traditionally because there aren't enough coordinated pressures on those lanes to punish those characters. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I would love to see EU teams play against C teams or even play against uh, 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 Chinese teams because I feel like they will get heavily exposed in the early game just based off the draft. Like before we... Okay, I don't want to touch too much on gameplay and like macro and how they approach the game because you guys will have to tune into icons for that. That's what they pay us for. But right now, the preview that I would give is just that the idea of the game is completely wrong. So... Well, I want to... I want to like soften that with some specifics so that it doesn't just sound like we're being mean to Europe. And we, we actually no, I mean, do have a They're theory. Terrible. Um, yeah. I, I also just, their team fights look really poorly coordinated. Um, yes, terrible. And I, I think that's a big marker. When you look at team fights, I want to see an idea in the entire team's head of what their goal is in the team fight and how they win it. And European team fights often look like every single player trying to win a 1v1 duel in the team fight, as opposed to every yeah. single player defending their star carry, or every single player uh, engaging in a set formation, or every single player trying to shut down a carry on the other team. It's just, yeah. bleh, everyone takes a 1v1, who wins? Pretty much, honestly. Um, so that's, th- those are my specific criticisms, and I want to, the reason I'm saying that is because I don't want EU fans to think I'm dismissing them out of hand, I want you... Ooh, name of our podcast. I do want you to be able to <laughs> go back, and if Rick's GG, or if the EU team surprise us and look good in those specific respects, then we're wrong on the specifics. They have surprised us at a specific thing, as opposed to us just being like, they're bad. Um, so, yeah. call us on it. Uh, and I do hope they surprise us. I like a lot of the EU players. They're, sure. A lot of them are from AOV, so I want to see them do well. Let's move on to Group D. Talk us through it, uh, and then give me like a minute. Yeah, Group D is going to be a little bit interesting, I think, as well. I think Group A, having looked at all the groups, Group A and Group B are probably more one-sided. Group D, I said there is a chance for an upset. Uh, with that said, though, it's going to be Freaks, number two from WCK, Sentinels, number two from WNSNA, Liberty, number three from Wild Tour Brazil, and Burum, number four. I can't pronounce their name, by the way. I can't say Burum. Like, I can't pronounce the R, so I'm just going to say BRU, fourth C from WCS Thailand. Uh, the exciting things here, I think, are Freaks versus Burirum as, like, this incredibly, this incredibly similar style for both these teams. Like, that match is going to last approximately 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, Burirum are this very passive team who always believe in outscaling their opponents, who believe in taking one big team fight at the end of the game. And wouldn't yeah. you know it, Africa Freaks agree with them. Um, yeah. I will say, I think Freaks are a little more active on the map during early game. Um, that's true. I would say a lot of the plays that I do see them make around their top jungle always look pretty decent. Whereas if you ask me, where do BRU make good plays around? Where do BRU uh, excel around in the early mid game? It just really isn't a clear answer to that. They're just very de- too dependent, I would say, on what the Jester make plays early game. If he fails to, or if he doesn't manage to pull anything off, or if he doesn't get roaming champions, if he doesn't get something like a trash, a Rakan, a set even, could be very difficult for the team to... Um, 
to really temple against better teams or good teams. Yeah, and, and I think that's why I do put um, the freaks at the very top of this group. Uh, and if I said a freak of freaks, they're the Kongdu freaks now, and I need to get that through my thick skull. Um, I think, I, think <laughs> I put freaks at the very top of this group because they have comparative strength in all their lanes. Noth is this incredibly good support player, very aggressive support player. He will be able yeah. to handle what the Jess, as will Acrobat. That will be an exciting matchup. Acrobat quite frequently is left alone in lane and just sits a year away from the fights, throwing out arrows. Um, yes, yeah, so is Triple V, same thing. Yeah, so it'll it'll be very fun in, in that head-to-head. -head. Um, and then I think the difference maker for me is the choir is this incredibly aggressive, incredibly good mid laner. And I don't mm -hmm. think Buriram have the same threat uh, in that yeah. mid lane. I think Archony is a weak yeah. point for the team. I wouldn't call him out as a weak point. I would just say in a team where you don't have clear strong points, he might look like a weak point because he's not a strong point. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Does that make yeah. sense? Because none of them stand out Well, a lot. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't think Arjuni loses them games, but yes. I, you know, I'm thinking through those matchups and I'm like, ooh, Noel into Maru. I wonder who's going to win that top lane. Ooh, those two bottom lanes were Acrobats versus VVV. They're both playing at range because they're paired with what the Jess... Uh, and North, respectively, who are these incredibly aggressive, cool supports. That's going to be really fun. And and then yeah. I'm thinking about the middle of the map, and I'm going, ooh, Archony and Coldenfeed, they just lose. They're just not as good as the Freaks mid in jungle. Coldenfeed has had surprisingly good performances, though, but as a Rose Swap jungle, my question would then be, how would the meta shake up for him? I think part of the reason why BIU suffered so much going into the playoffs or into the later stages of the playoffs of the WCS was because when they were winning games, Coldenfeed's jungle pool, you know, he could play Jax, he could play Riven, he looked sick on those champions. But when he has to come down to play something like Lee Sin against players like, uh, against players like Cookie, against players like, uh, what's his name? Zisu from Flash that's when they kind of struggle, right? So I think he has some really good champions that he has really good performances on, but we'll have to see how the matter shakes out. I Well, and, and this isn't like... I love Archony, watching Archony play in particular. I think he's like this really Resident cool passive Sleeper. player. Um, his movement... Really fights, cool passive, okay. His, well, you know me, this is my bias. I really like slow play <laughs> games. Um, his his like positioning in fights is incredible. He's sure. just playing in this specific matchup into choir, and the same is true for Colton Feet. No shade to Colton Feet. He's one of the best players in the world. He's just playing into Zeki, who is in the conversation for the best junglers at this tournament. Um, That's fair. And so I, I think that Zeki and Choir will blow out the middle of the map, and that's why, for me, Afrika Freaks are top of this group. Do you agree? Yep, I agree. That's fair. Kongdu Freaks, not Afrika. That's the one. Um, then let's talk about the bottom half. Um, like you said, I think this is the strongest bottom half of any of these groups, I think. Yes. Um, Sentinels and Liberty, the two teams here, frankly could go either way in their matchup versus each other. Frankly, both of those teams are most likely to land a Haymaker and upset either Buriram or, or uh, the Kong 2 free. It's possible. Maybe against Buriram. I would say it's possible. Uh, so let's let's talk about them. I think Sentinels are a very exciting team because they they are the most innovative of the NA teams. They are the ones that do their own homework the most, um, and that means they are definitely watching other regions, as all the NA teams are. They're pulling good notes from other regions because. Not only did North America have this very humbling experience where they sent their best team that dominated all season to Horizon and they got wipes, but they also, um, on Sentinels, have the benefit of this incredible depth of mobile esports experience, right? We always talk about Rest, who we had on the show last week, and Beginnings, where the Arena of Valor veterans, but they also have MTS on that team. MTS actually played versus the roster of Afrika Freaks, like a huge percentage of them, in the uh, King Pro League, the KPL expansion in Korea. He was nice. on Korean uh, Honor of Kings teams playing versus a ton of the Afrika Freaks players. So he is experienced enough to drive that team in the right direction. They know how good they need to be to contend versus the Asian teams, and they know that they're not that good. 
Um, so they, they are like the most interesting Western team here because they have that guiding and driving force that I think will give them thing. a way to compete or, or surprise these top teams. Yeah, that's a really good thing because it encourages them to be innovative and encourages yeah. them to find creative solutions to problems rather than trying to muscle their way through it, which I think is very good. Um, and I think, like in particular, uh, their, their strengths here are that MTS has never lost a lane ever. Um, and he's not playing as many carries as I want to see him play. But yeah. if you're looking at the two really good top laners, Maru... Um, and, and Noel for uh, the yeah. Freaks and Burry Room, respectively, they are not going to get traction versus MTS. MTS is this really yeah. stable rock top lane. Um, I, I mean, for what it's worth, I would say the same thing about Noel. I don't think he's going to bust your lane open, but I think he's very stable. And he's a good team fighter. So, for what it's worth, probably not going to suffer too much in this group. A pretty good, good draw for, for that. And then the, the like weak point of Sentinels has been that they don't have uh, a really aggressive kill lane in either of their sidelines. Um, they have... Hey, same for BRU. Yeah, you can see where I'm going. Um, they yeah. have Rest and Beginnings, who are uh, kind of a newer, more uh, uh, defensive lane. Rest talked about how he was struggling to pick up the role initially, had to play a little bit more passive than he wanted to. And that shows in his play, he's getting much better as a carry. And I think in particular, one of the things he's very good at is AP carries. He plays like a killer yeah. Lux. He plays a killer Morgana in that uh, Dragon Lane role. So maybe we'll see more of those. Maybe we'll see that be a path out for Sentinels. Uh, and then the other thing is we just got announced today that one of their star junglers, that, well, their star jungler, Sheesh, isn't going to be making the tournament. He's going to be replaced by Tybe who is also a very yeah. good North American jungler, but you're not going to have your full roster at the event. So, um, Sentinels got That always hurts, yeah. Yeah, they've been, they've been, there's been some news about some roster issues for a lot of the teams as well, but we'll touch on that in a later episode, I guess. But for now, this, this is going to hurt Sentinels, yeah. So, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, make this the Sentinels corner, but this is the team I care about the most. I'm, I'm a WNS yeah. caster. Um... I think I think they are good. Here's the thing. I don't know if they're good enough to beat Liberty. Liberty are really fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, we'll, we'll have, have to see, see right? I think it really comes down to playstyle clashes as well. Let's see how that one plays out. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give you the pitch. Liberty, of course, the group uh, or the third seat out of Wild Tour, Brazil. Uh, incredibly yeah. good in team fights. I want to specifically highlight the presence of Mano Frise on that team, uh, who is this incredibly aggressive support player who played Arena of Valor, uh, has a ton of experience as well, has played at events with Sentinels, the Sentinels players at them. Um, so that there's kind of a guiding force there on Liberty as well, some experience that definitely shows as they have stronger macro, I think, than a lot of their peers in the Wild Tour. Um, so they're a very good team as well. But here's my pitch. Freaks, Burry uh -huh. Room, Sentinels, Liberty. Burry Room, Sentinels, Liberty. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I think, think I agree with that. I mean, I could see Sentinels, Liberty going either way. I could see a world where BRU get upset. I could see a world where BRU upset Freaks. So I would say Group D is probably my tip for the most, the most spicy. Yeah. Group D for death. Group D for death. Uh, or alternately, group of life, because it's the only group that we think Western teams could get out of. Nah, I don't think they can get out of it. Still, I mean, maybe maybe Group C would then be my group of life. Then, if that's the if that's what we're going with. Yeah, well, yeah. Group C yeah, could be group a group C. of life if J teams show up and aren't good. Yes, that is true. Um, and we we don't have a handle on the relative strength of Chinese teams. J-Team are the worst performing team at the tournament in terms of regular season results. So that'll be a real litmus test. If the fifth seed, if the fifth place team out of China is wiping the floor with everyone, uh, as to be fair, we do expect them to. But if they are doing that, yes. that is basically a confirmation that our top five will be all Chinese teams. I believe so. I mean, I think it's going to be Chinese teams, Rolls to Y, 
Ah, with the news of Salem's departure, maybe that would change, right? But I think it's Chinese teams, Roaster Y and Team Flash for like the top couple teams. Um, yeah, Team Flash definitely up there as well. I, I would say I, I believe in the possibility of um, Flash Wolves. And here's one that will upset you. Flash Wolves are a cute, both could like get further than we think. Here's one that will upset you. Sure. I actually have like deep faith in both the Freaks and Burira. Um Interesting. And that will kind of maybe clash with what I, what we've been talking about, where we've been saying maybe Sentinels and Liberty can get out of that group. I will say that's because I think Sentinels and Liberty are both really good. Um, but I will also say I think Burirum are the teams that are the most kind of unaccounted for because they're this really passive kind of thinking man's team if that makes sense but it's they, not wrong but they also are the team that built the best strategy and toolkit to counter team flash who were undefeated throughout the entirety yes. of the wcs so yes i think that's a very good point with Go preparation on. i think bury room and that's true i think also for sentinels and liberty i think those three teams are all the teams they're like the batman teams if you give them enough time to prepare, they'll come <laughs> up with it. a strategy, right? Yeah. Well, I, I would agree with that, and I think um, I'm, I am a bit down on BRU because of how their performance looked against against teams like RQ, for example, right? Where they got old treat when it's kind of seemed like they got figured out. But you have to keep in mind that prior to them getting old treat by RQ, they did take Team Flash to Game Five, which is, I think, they were the only team to take two games off Team Flash in a series. Flash Wolves played, um, Flash Wolves played Team Flash in a BO5 and then in a BO7, and the collective score of that was seven to one. So if you look at it that way, the two to three that BIU scored, very impressive. And honestly, and honestly, they could have won that series. They genuinely, BIU genuinely could have won that series, and it could have shaped out whether BIU second seed. So and yeah, there's a lot of questions around that team for sure. That to me kind of nullifies like yes, they got tossed up by RQ, but they played RQ the next day after that happened. Yeah. And RRQ had all of their best play on display on VOD to review as it was happening, right? Yeah. All right, I, but that's that's the thing as well, right? Is this a team ha which has been figured out? Is BRU a team which the solution is there? Right? I'm arguing that BRU, the BRU that was playing at um, WCS finals, put their best on display to try and beat Team Flash, and it barely wasn't yes. enough. And then that meant that they had shown their cards for the rest of the event and were going to do very well. Um, but honestly, though, if you look at the, the series that BIU played against RIQ, they did have some of their best champions. They did get a Yumi game. They did get a trash game. Granted, the trash game, they were already mental boom by then. But uh, maybe they just got figured out. I, I think there's a lot of question marks around this team. They could either do very well or they could do very poorly. I think there's no in-between for BIU. It's either they're going to go all the way up to like top eight, at least, or they're just going to crash and burn. So, it's hard to say. Group D for delight. Because it's delightful. Potentially. Tune in June 14th for the very first day of play-ins. That's again at wildriftesports.com. Those play-in groups do slap. Because of the format, I think we will get yeah. a ton of good games during play-ins. Because we're going to get yeah. the top two teams playing each other, and we're going to get the bottom two teams playing each other um, later on in the playing stage. So we'll get, yeah. like, Game Lord versus Furious Gaming out of Group A, Nova Esports versus Flash Wolves out of Group A. Like, those are really good matches in a group that yeah. isn't that close. So, of course, you should tune in and catch those games, and you can find that again over at wildriftesports.com. There should be some good games throughout the group stage because the format will get, like, Nova vs. Flash Wolves, nice. Game Lord vs. Furious in Group A. Really cool. Uh, and you get the cool drops. Uh, yeah. Let's wrap this up with a bow. We knew the Esports Super episode was going to go a while. Uh, yeah. We have done that. Give me your thumbs up. The fact that me and TJ will both be at Icons. That's exciting. Aww. First time seeing this guy in person. I heard he's like two meters tall. <laughs> I am weirdly tall. <laughs> Excited to see that. Um, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll second that thumbs up. I think it is cool to be 
I'm very excited. More than I'm excited to see you, I'm very excited to see Singapore uh, with you. I'm uh, relying on you to uh, show me all the best spots. I know you're over I. it, but I'm going to have a good time. For sure. Me and Grandin. Actually, we talked about this. Me and Grandin are going to have <sighs> to hang out because he's, like, much more my my pace. You're going to, like, yeah, want to so take we... me to a nightclub, <laughs> and I'm not doing that. What we kind of broke down was that I would bring everyone to go eat, to the bars, to, like, really see the nightlife, see the city. And then Grandin would bring them to, like, go hiking and, like, drink tea. and Yeah. See, I'm all in on the Grandin stuff, and I, I was, like, kind of nervous with everything you listed, so, yeah. <laughs> This is really a, a civil war. But it will be incredibly fun to see Singapore, and it will be incredibly fun to see all of the gang there. I think my actual thumbs up, though, is the format. As we, like, talked through it, the GSL format is going to give us so many good games, even in those weaker groups. It's so preferable to the way that group stage normally runs. Uh, we're going to have BO3 matches between some of the best teams in the tournament, like, right off the bat, as opposed yes. to just, like, having to do math. And we're going to have elimination games in really fun ways. I love elimination games when teams are playing for their tournament <laughs> lives. Those are fun. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited for the format of Icons. Let's get it. Uh, what would you like to report, Leonard? I'm blanking. Can I not report anyone this week? Can I be a positive guy? Sure. I didn't know you had it in you. I think that there was one other episode where I didn't report someone. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. Second time. I want to report some of the buffs we got. What's up with the what's up with the Zaya buff that's like five damage? Why are we buffing Morgana? That's my report. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Right. That's fair. Why are we buffing Wakanda? I don't know. Confusing patch notes, uh, or more specifically, I'm reporting Sean Mason and Nick Phrygia. <laughs> two game designers <sighs> who wrote the patch notes. Do you want their, do you want their gamer tags? Uh, you can just DM me their IP address. He loves games and sports of all kinds and has been a Sonic main in Super Smash Bros. for 15 years. Well, that okay, explains everything. That... <laughs> it all makes sense now. Okay, Thomas. Thanks for watching. See you guys at Icons. I gotta go do before something. Before we get fired. I gotta take care of business. Maybe we get fired before Icons.